All right, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Todd and Taylor Show. I'm Todd A. And I'm Taylor Trask. How are you? I'm pretty well, and it has been a long-ass time since we have done a Todd and Taylor Show. God, yeah. It's been since, I think the last one we did was our Batman v Superman Palooza. Um, yep. Long after the movie came out, but still relevant in my eyes. I mean, even now, I think it's still... Uh, Still relevant. It just came out on DVD and Blu-ray, so we got to pers- we got to dissuade people from participating, or I do anyway. You actually You're, you want to dissuade people from participating in in buying it Is in buy- you- in just in, in in consuming it in any way. You know, pirating oh, it, yeah. buying so it. Your opinion has gone down. I just that. here's the deal. You, everything you need to see in that movie is now on YouTube in like three or four videos that they pulled from it. And all of them contain Wonder Woman being badass. And that's all. And in fact, I find it very interesting that all the marketing materials now, you know, post theater and like DVD, all include Wonder Woman front and center of every, like it's Batman and Superman are like to her sides and behind her. And like she is absolutely front and center when even on the movie posters themselves, like, you know, going into the theaters, she was never, you know, she never shared a poster with the other two, you know, characters. So I, it's, it's interesting. It's telling. That's what it is. Well, for. yeah, it is. And it's funny too, because we um, both remarked, we didn't understand that her role would be so big. So I guess that was part of the reason that they didn't put her on um, the posters to begin with was they were sort of holding back how, you know, <laughs> prominent her role would be. Um, but that was the part we enjoyed the most. So, yeah, I think I think everybody did, and I think I don't know. I, I, the more pictures I see from the upcoming movie, the more excited I get. I'm even wondering, in hindsight, if they should not have, you know, like let's say I worked at, at, at WB or Warner Brothers in a, an executive capacity, and I was somehow res, you know responsible for everything that's happened so far, you know, post Nolan, like everything we've seen with you know Batman, <laughs> uh, uh, Superman. Um, uh, uh, sorry, the, I was gonna say the Superman last action hero, Man of Steel. Um, and then Batman v Superman, like all of that, just looking at it, I would have said, okay, what we should have done was go back, clean slate, we'll start this Iron Man style, and our Iron Man's going to be Wonder Woman, and make her the Robert Downey Jr. sort of crux of this whole thing that builds out. I just, I feel like there's so much, Marvel is late to the game on the you know female superhero front, and they're still... Yep. DC is still going to beat them, but they could have, they could have owned that space so definitively that Marvel would have had to play catch up for once. And yeah, they true. still might. They may. I mean, by the time, by this time next year, we'll know. Um, you know, if it's going to be great or if it's going to be mediocre. Well, but, I'll tell you. Um, we're going to talk about it in a minute. But I just got back from seeing a movie, and one of the uh, it was more than a preview. It was like a giant ad that ran before the movie was for Suicide Squad. And front and center through the whole thing was um, uh, Margot Robbie's uh, uh, Harley uh, Quinn. Harley Quinn, yeah. And in fact, they even have the line from her in the movie where she's like, or, or she, maybe she said it. I don't know. It's like she, you know, it was, it was an ad where she's like, "Hello, Regal Cinema goers. I'm Margot Ro- Robbie. Oh, really? This is, uh, you know, I just want to let you in on the Suicide Squad. It's coming August 5th. Blah blah blah, or whatever it is. I don't remember exactly. And she, um. Either in that little narration where she's speaking, or in the movie, there was a line about how, you know, she's a bad guy turned into a hero, and it's uh, it was. I mean, the whole thing was pivoting around her character in the movie. So, uh, so I wonder if they're kind of exploiting that. I have heard on the minus side though that the writers on Wonder Woman are two white dudes. So. Yeah, well, the director's a female, so there's that. Um, yeah, you know, and I don't, I don't mind that actually. Like, I don't, I don't mind because I have seen a lot of dudes really sympathize and understand the female perspective 
sympathize with and understand the female perspective and can write really well. I mean, like Joss Whedon, for God's sakes, writes really great female characters. So like the fact, you know, it can happen. Um, and I, again, I'm encouraged that there's a, 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 you know, a female director. I think that was, that was the important thing. You know, that sensitivity of like, what are you showing? Like, all of that, there would be a very distinctive style if Zack Snyder had directed that movie versus, um, and I apologize, I can't remember her name. Um, she's a newer, she directed a couple of Game of Thrones, if I'm not mistaken. She was going to direct Thor The Dark World, and then they replaced her. And now she's Patty like, Jenkins. Patty Jenkins was the original Thor The Dark, uh, Dark World director. Wow. So I um, um, wonder if she'll bring any of that sensitivity to this project. I can't wait. I, well, it, you know, I'll, I'll, if DC pulls this off, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you don't see more kind of backpedaling into the Justice League movie where Wonder Woman's kind of like all of a sudden like the more of the Captain America leader uh, character. Like I just – I worry – and I don't know when, when Justice League quits filming, but if it's – you know, they may do pickups after Wonder Woman comes out uh, specifically for that purpose. Yeah, I, I would like to see her in that role. I mean, that is that's that's where she should be for sure. Um, when so many yeah. people don't know, like you can rattle off Batman's origin story, you know, with you know, blindfolded. You could give you most people could give Superman's you know origin story more or less. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know a I don't know a single person, and I don't even know people. The comic, you know, the writers themselves can even agree on like what wonder woman's origin actually is seems like it's constantly getting reinvented and retooled for the better for, for the worse um you know yeah it um i mean i think i could probably give you a pretty accurate reading of it but, well yeah but i'm saying like the, the majority mean, like sort of the general audience knows yeah. the hero but doesn't necessarily know the the origin so um, this movie would be like the kind of pinnacle you know, every every common every commoner out there, every every civilian, if you will, who sees this, like this will be their entry point to the Wonder Woman story. So young girls, old women, like everybody's gonna be like, well, that's how she. So if they fuck that up, it's gonna be man, it's gonna be egregious. That's the other side of this too. If they fuck this up, I just don't see how the DCU or you know just anybody in that DC brain trust gets out of it unscathed. I you know that is my kind of my I mean I don't really care if there's a DCU uh, cinematic universe I guess is the funny thing is like you know we've seen Marvel do it and it's been largely successful um, but uh, maybe we should just jump into this topic first you know the superhero fatigue thing mm. that, uh, maybe setting in and I want that's chiefly my concern with Suicide Squad is what is it like when you introduce your first team-up movie, you know, after Superman, Batman, like your first big group, and it's a bunch of bad guys, and you're basically doing, like, the DC version of Kick-Ass or something. Or, yeah. or, Kingsman, or Kingsman, where we all... No, you know, let's, not go, let's not go there. <laughs> well, this... I just mean, it's sort of their nod to that, of, like, here's here's a group of anti-heroes, you know, um, playing heroes. I just, I worry... My, my, my problem with Suicide Squad is that I, I'm... I'm afraid the marketing is 10 times better than the movie and that they have gotten really Ooh. clever and great at putting these trailers together with Bohemian Rhapsody and like all these different like, you know, songs <laughs> like, like, and, and it's like, Oh my God. And I, I'm not sure any of that's going to appear like, you know, everything from the cuts to the music, like it's just not going to be there and everybody's going to walk into the movie going, well, that's not as fun as the trailers made it seem. I worry. Like, I mean, and granted yeah. with that first trailer that everybody loved, they've had time to maybe, 
get some rights to some of those songs and put them in the movie proper, you know? And that's, I bring this up because Guardians of the Galaxy delivered on the promise of their trailer. So it wasn't like, here's True. our cool marketing and the movie's different. Like, it's the, the movie's like, no, no, no. We, we are a bigger version of the trailer you saw, soundtrack and all. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I worry that it's going to be a really generic, forgettable action movie uh, that has some funny, you know, some people in like sort of funny costumes. Yeah. And, and Batman. I, you know, I mean, one of the things that worked so well about Guardians of the Galaxy was. Uh, that team up of weirdos, like they just yeah. made it work for them, and it was it was so great. And I just, you know, I yeah, I think you, I think in one of our very early podcasts last year, you described <laughs> the Suicide Squad trailer in in some really great way about like you know it being a team up that doesn't work, and so we'll have to go yeah. back into the vaults for that one. But I say I we keep... let's let's bookmark that, yeah, and let's actually get into superhero fatigue in another yeah. episode. Okay, let's get back on our outline. Yeah, and, and, and knock this out. Um, I guess I guess I'll start it, and I'll just open the questions to you. Which is, okay. I literally just got back from seeing Ghostbusters. Oh wow! Did it, it open this weekend? Right, where we are yes. talking at opening week. Okay. Yes, we are talking opening weekend. I really hoped to see it. There was like a a special screening right around the corner from my house um, a few days ago, and I just could not make that. So I went on a Saturday afternoon. Um, and I'll just I'll intro it with this because this I I walk into the theater I mean I'm standing in line to buy my tickets and this mother with first of all the theater like their marquee has changed to like happy eighth birthday and some <laughs> child's name and I was like huh kids have birthdays at movie theaters wait what am I walking into at 4 p.m. on a Saturday <laughs> and I get up to the line and there's a mother with two children in in you know in front of me. And I hear her say to the you know the person behind the booth, uh, I need two children and one adult to Ghostbusters at 4 p.m. And I was like, uh-oh, mm. maybe this eight-year-old's birthday is happening in this theater. Oh no! <laughs> and, and I go, I walk up to the, uh, you know, I'm, I walk up behind her to the ticket taker, and uh, he said he's you know, take rips their tickets and he starts to hand them 3D glasses like, maybe it's in 3D. And I and then I hear the mom go, oh, it's in 3D. <laughs> which I think is even funnier too uh, um, you know because I, of course I knew it was in 3D I was specifically going to the 3D now um, wait, wait why why were so, you so interested in the 3D only I just love seeing things in 3D wow um, we've never talked about this so you I, know, wow. I think we've touched on it with but, the Martian and stuff like that but yeah I, yeah I, but I just I wasn't aware of your like your 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 default what, like that's usually yeah whatever the, is the biggest screen and most interesting experience i want to go see it okay okay yeah. yeah interesting so when they do like virtual reality like that'll be your you know, like i that's all i'll put on the head thing and stand in the big big space and, with everybody else and, and at this point in my life i know i will hate it at like in the first few years of of like vr movies you know yeah yeah but um because 3d is not what it was you know 10 years ago no and God. it's they know how to do it, and it looks really good. And I went to one of those theaters, and this is interesting too because now this is gonna be my go-to theater. Uh, the last time I went there, it was like, it was the it was the kind of theater that it was a Regal played mm -hmm. the big hits, but in really rundown theaters kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like it would be a big, huge screen, but it was you know the worn-out chairs and stuff. So when I was buying my tickets, uh, also so they said. She like the screen lights up in front of me, and she was like, "Choose your 
choose your row and seat. And I was like, holy crap. And I'm looking at this thing. She said, everything in blue is available. And so, of course, my fears of this child's birthday party happening in here were kind of dissipated because I see that they're almost all the seats are free. You know, there's a few seats sort of in the middle mm -hmm. back that are taken. And you're so, sure, and this wasn't an Alamo draft house or anything like that? No, no, no. It's a, like, yeah, just regal, like giant, huge, wow. yeah, um, you know, Cineplex. I wonder, and, if they, I wonder if they're feeling the sort of the pressure universally for sure. from, from places. And it wasn't like, like a, it wasn't like a 20 theater Cineplex. It's a 60. Yeah. So, so I just, I'm like, uh, I don't know, fourth row center, you know, and she yeah. lights up one of them and is like, is this okay? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And then, of course, immediately kicking myself like, oh, man, fourth row is way closer than I'm thinking about. I need to be behind that, you know, that first division or whatever. But I walk in, and it's those huge, comfy, not leather, but like really giant seats with the kick-out tables and the, wow. you know, and the row is so huge that you can get up and walk, you know, like you can, you know, run out to the restroom or something, and you don't have to like kick people's legs to do it. And, um, and of course... All these mothers and their children are like way in the back. <laughs> no, wait. Was this was this the the birthday movie theater? I don't know. It was the birthday one, but it was all like kids and parents. Okay. Were and they were all sort of in the and it's just a gigantic theater. So I have the whole fourth row to myself, wow. and and I, and I get to lean back in this giant chair and just like absorb this movie. It was such a good experience. And what hit me like as the movie starts is I, I'm thinking, all these eight year olds, this. Is what what they are going to know about Ghostbusters? Yeah, is the is like the women kicking ass and being funny, and yeah. I was like, that is so cool. Interesting, you know. And yeah. I just thought, like, what a neat way to take it in because it's not. I'm sure they they know about Ghostbusters because kids just absorb that stuff, but yeah. it's not like a thing like Star Wars where it's been in some kind of constant creation for the past 20 years you know it's like oh sure yeah I, like i have friends who have kids who are like 10 years old or something and those kids knew about star wars way before the force awakens because they'd seen the cartoons oh and, yeah you know there's that whatever that like ongoing series that's really old and then like a newer one and there are all these video games and like they were already in that world so yeah, to them yeah. force awakens was like Oh, just another big movie of Star Wars, you know? Yeah, well, that's and that's like you know that was why Disney's acquisition was made perfect sense because Disney's gotten really good independent of the Lucasfilm, uh, you know, purchase. Disney's gotten really good at seeding the knowledge of a show or a property in other yeah. medium. So, for example, and what pisses me off, they kind of misfired when they did. Not to get off on a tangent, when they did Tron <laughs> Legacy, they after the movie came out, I think I think they were like, well, this made enough money. But we're not sure about a sequel. But here we'll create this thing called Tron. Um, uh, yeah, what was it? Tron something. Uh, right. The th uprising. Uh, Tron. Yeah. Tron yeah. uprising. And it was like a really cool little uh, you know first season of a of an animated series for Tron. Um, they put it on Disney XD. You know, with all those things. And so it's like they could be you know they could build the mythology of that show. I'm, I I think their plan was we'll run that for two or three years, and then I'll take us into the actual movie sequel, and then we'll have you know seated. So it was weird that they, I don't know they they probably should have done that before the movie you know the the Tron Legacy movie came out. But they did that with other property you know properties a lot. I I really think you know, they they've really figured it out with Marvel. They you know Star Wars yeah. clearly fits that mold well. Um, so I, a lot of times we hear that term of like this is a reboot, and it's yeah. like, like, for example, the Star Trek thing. I don't, yeah. I don't really know if that's a reboot because there's been it is in the sense that they took the the 1960s characters, yeah, you know. But in terms of like you know when we talk about like 
properties, like that Star Trek's been in constant development for 50 years. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and Ghostbusters just hasn't. This is like a true reboot. Well, the comics fans would would have would strongly disagree, but outside of that, yeah, there hasn't been any cartoons or shows or, you know, anything else. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's that's really my intro to it. Uh I you, you and I me, talked briefly before we yeah. went on the air about not not you said don't worry about being spoilerish, but I don't, honestly don't think that Well, let me let's I I was, need to be spoilerish to talk about it. I I, I kind of want you to just a little bit there because there's one big <laughs> there's one big question I do have, but let's let's I'm going to I'm going to go through a series of other questions first. Are you a like are you one of those like guys who will wear a proton pack and a Ghostbusters costume to like a movie premiere? Are you that? Are you one like is this a movie that just really like <laughs> resonates with your past? In a very important way, are you more like, oh, it was cool. I, you know, I saw it back then, and I'm a fan of it. Or is it more of a casual kind of thing? I would say it's more casual, but one of the great things about the movie was that watching it, I felt that connection to little kid me watching the first one ah, in a really, cool. really positive way. Wow! It didn't, it didn't, you know, it didn't ruin any <laughs> memories of my childhood or anything. You know, it's not, you know, it's not a uh, Vince Vaughn doing psycho, uh, you know, a shot for shot remake or something. It's like, um, it's, it is just a reboot of the, of the idea of Ghostbusters and, it can it adds it it captured so much of that vibe of the first one where I'm like I'm just, I felt that whole that excitement that kind of thing of like wow I can I can kind of see this through eyes that are seeing it for the first time but oh. I'm also I'm also feeling that nostalgic pull to my childhood but but you know no I didn't I didn't wear a proton pack it's not something that's like you know I, I've always you know liked the first Ghostbusters movie I didn't really like the second Ghostbusters movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I didn't dislike it. It just wasn't. It was one of those things where, like, whatever year you know, it came out, I didn't care about it, and my brother cared about it much more. You know, that, that's that the kind thing. Of thing. I, so. I I I enjoyed Ghostbusters two a lot, but you go back and watch Ghostbusters two. It has a really lame ending. Like, I just it, none of the ending made any goddamn sense, and it looked like they were just kind of like you know, looking at the same beats of the first one. Like, we need a we need a big giant thing yeah. to walk down the streets. We need to focus our beams at a thing. Like, I don't know, just everything well, about it. And the fact that the... Goofy, like, good feeling, kind of, let's get all of New York giving positive vibes. And yeah. it was just really corny in that sense of, you know, whereas the first know. one had it... this great mix of, like, super nerdy occult stuff. And, yeah, yeah. And, and Bill Murray just being zany, um, you I know. What? And, other, yeah. people say, other people say they hate the aspect in the second one that... Um, you know, they've lost all their respect and like now they're doing like kids' birthday parties. I actually really liked that aspect of it. Like, I, I did too. And I really liked how like uh, Bill Murray's character, um, uh, you know, Vinkman was like that funny, like sort of late night talk show host or whatever. Yeah, he parlayed his, he parlayed his exposure into like a, you know, like a, like a, net, yeah, like a bit show. It was like yeah. a Psychics of the World or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, I loved that. <laughs> I'm get crucified for not knowing the name of that. But like, no, I, I like that in five years. I mean, they never really thought they'd be successful in the first place. You go back and look at the co- first yeah. commercial that they made as Ghostbusters before they even hired Winston. Like, yeah. and it's just like this tacky, corny thing. So it's like they were never they were never intending to be this big franchise or anything. So then, like five years later, when you see them basically destitute again, it's kind of like, well, that's that seems appropriate, you know? And like Peter, yeah. like everybody's kind of parlayed their success in a different little way, and then the city needs them again. They're like, oh, hey, yeah, we, we need you guys again, which is. You know, that scene in the mayor's office that's like the second time 
that they meet the mayor, I guess, just like, well, that, you know, they're like, hey, you know, there's a common understanding that way we're, we're back again at this point. Um, of course, that doesn't go quite the same way. They puts them in the asylum. And where is that what happened? Did he, did they get put into like a, yeah, they get put into like an asylum temporarily, don't they? So there were, I think they're just locked up in jail, right? No, but I could have sworn like they wheeled them away in like a, in like straight jackets. Like there was a scene. Yeah. I kind of remember that. Um, like Congress. See, I need to rewatch it anyway. So I, you know, this idea that the second one was like some miracle I, I never really bought into. So the idea, you know, booting it, I, it all, part of me really liked the fact that they were taking it new in a like totally new direction, but also part of me is kind of like, well, why didn't you just at least acknowledge the past movies in some kind of story? You know, I just, they could have done that. I mean, uh, but for all these man babies crying about how it's women or, you know, or whatever, gonna, that's just, well, let me interject. So absurd. Let me, let me interject. I yeah. think 80% of the, any 80% of that group is not actually mad about it from a, a, a you know, man, woman perspective. They're mad about it from a, Hey, this movie's dismissing all, all previous movies storyline. I think it was more of the continuity aspect of it. Cause I've heard a lot I, of those guys say that, like, I don't care. I that just, may be a majority of those people, but they're not the vocal ones. That's what I would say. Yeah, well, there's, there's a lot of garbage going around on the internet of, of uh, you know, men complaining that Chris Hemsworth's character is sexist or something like that. And it's like, yeah, that's what a fucking parody is. Chris Hemsworth's character looks hilarious in every photo I've seen him in. I'm just like, he, what? You know? I, yeah, and he's he's really good in it. Um, I mean, you know, it's silly and and goofy and stuff, but it's like. He he pulls it off. It's not, yeah. It's I was kind of afraid it was just, it was literally going to be like a walk on kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Crucial, you know. So I, I liked that. Okay, so casual casual fan saw it in 3D. Um, are you were you a fan of any of these actresses before? Like, were you like, oh, I'm the, oh I love Melissa McCarthy, or was just this ensemble kind of a nice? I really like Melissa McCarthy. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I think she's great. I freaking adore Kristen Wiig. <laughs> okay. I don't know how this, like, I, I, yeah, I just want to be best friends with her. I mean, I try to watch all of her crazy indie movies that are on Netflix and stuff like that. And, you know, like Welcome to Me is freaking fantastic. And, yeah, I just think she's the greatest. Um, and the other two I, I'm not really aware of because, um, so that's Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon. Um, right, Kate this. McKinnon. Yeah, you don't uh, watch. Yeah, SNL. I don't. I don't watch SNL, and I I saw some Shame. funny uh, comment today on on Twitter about like you know somebody pulling their like snob card and saying like, well, if you you know if you're just now thinking Kate McKinnon is funny, then you obviously haven't been watching SNL all these years. And I thought, wow, I think my snob card is even bigger. Where I'm like, why would I bother watching <laughs> SNL all these years? Um, but yeah, I mean, I haven't watched SNL, and you know like a decade and a half or whatever. I just feel like it's like not been good. <laughs> so. Yeah. You're, it goes in. I mean, she's, she's basically the female bill hater. You know, she's got that kind of like, it's just, she's so, she's so specific. You can't, you know, you can't confuse her for anybody else. Yeah. She's, you, I mean, they're all great in it. My, my only, uh, my complaint on the characterization is, uh, you know, I, I, I want to, I, I, I don't understand why it, it is literally the same setup as the, you know, previous Ghostbusters, um, uh, where the uh, 
African-American character is not a scientist like the others. Yeah. Hmm. I just think that's really weird that it's like, okay, once again... In the world of Neil deGrasse Tyson, they, they're still... I know, still like, why, why is she the one that works in the subway? And, you know, I don't know. It's, you know... Um, but but uh, that I guess that sort of parallel to the earlier movies is you know the only disappointment to me, and I, I don't is know that, if it was specifically how, how much, to those or what. How much of the rest of it is? I mean, does it follow the rest of that of the original movie beat for beat almost? Or I mean, is there a Dana like no, character? Or? Um, no, it's definitely not at all like like that. Like it's not at all like a remake at all. Mm. Um, it's it's very much like a fresh reboot of the universe. Um, so I know, like in I think in one of the previews, here's a spoiler. Um, I'm pretty sure there's in one of the previews that came out last summer. They show them like you know walking up to the firehouse, uh-huh. and I, at that time I remember being like, oh man, are you just like literally going to hit all the same beats? But there's a really funny joke about New York Rent. Like they lo- basically look at that firehouse. And they are told how much it is to rent it, <laughs> and they're like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Oh, so the old firehouse does appear in the movie. That was my biggest it, question. It does appear, but in and that game, like, we can't afford to rent this. You know, it's a giant building. Like, yeah. of course, the rent is twenty thousand dollars a month. You know, wow. So Kristen <laughs> Wiig, you know, like is like, "Get out!" We, you know, we need something cheap. This is ridiculous. That's so, kind of interesting. That is not okay. their headquarters. But it's one of the, you know, there's tons of little, uh, not even little, I mean, they're not even like Easter eggs. They're just like straight out jokes where they're comparing it to the original do any, movies. Do any of the uh, alumni play into those jokes? Like the, uh, the, oh. the, the alumni cameos? They're, yeah, okay. So if you're aware there are cameos, then yes, there are cameos. I went in totally green Oh wow. and didn't, I hadn't researched like cameos at all. I mean, it didn't surprise me that there were cameos. Yeah. Um. Uh, and they they are not necessarily they're not maybe one of them is kind of a callback okay. uh, to her character, um, oh. but but the uh, the others are are totally new characters and it's just fun to see them like oh what wait you know like <laughs> of course <laughs> that's who that is can I can, okay so now I'm, now my brain's like well okay what would it be is it something where like um, Sigourney Weaver's like a refrigerator salesman or something and then like opens the door oh my and like, god pops that her head and then so back out again genius no that is not, <laughs> that's not it it's not Sigourney Weaver that I was referring to oh um, oh wait well yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I think yeah, I yeah, yeah. So there's just there's just some cool moment. Like there's another cameo. Uh, there's a couple of obvious real, like cameos, but there's one who's a you know huge one. Yeah. That it re- like I did a double take when I saw oh, him. Wow. Like whoa, you know, oh that's who that is. Um, but it's just I, I you know the first movies were they were goofy. So that whole yeah, yeah. it's not too goofy. It really walks that line of like where it's okay um, that was my next question because it kind of it had the the sort of the, the sniff of like cheesy 90s movies i agree yeah. it, it definitely some of the way that they advertised it and promoted it was almost like they were going to remake the story hit the yeah. same beats um with women in the roles and and sort of like wink at the audience all the time while you know while yeah, doing it, yeah. and they don't do that at all. In fact, oh, wow, that's great. One of the things that's funny because one of the things that I um I I liked about it, and now just talking about it, I love even more, 
is that in this movie, uh, the two main scientists, who are the Melissa McCarthy character, um, uh, Abby, and Kristen Wiig's character, Aaron. So they they were like sort of previous. You know, they've been there's a there's a friendship that was sort of split apart, and mm-hmm. uh, you know they get back together. Um, and McKinnon's character, um, Holtzman, is just she's just sort of the the Looney Tune scientist, you know. Okay. Um, but they so the Aaron and Abby characters are constantly talking about science mm. and. Mm. Aaron's character. I don't think I'm giving too much away here because I saw it in, in like a promo. Tr- uh, they did a they did this thing that was like you know meet the Ghostbusters and they did like these little short one minute sort of bio trailers on each of them and mm-hmm. so it'd be like you know Aaron what's her name I can't remember her last name and and they'd show a little background on Kristen Wiig's character and so I sort of knew from that that like she's gonna there's gonna be a sort of disgrace that hits her at her university job when they find out she once wrote a book about ghosts mm-hmm. um, and but the, but the storyline is that Aaron and Abby are going we're scientists trying to prove to you scientifically that these things are happening mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, which is really cool I missed the element the element of course this is just like a personal preference goofiness is that what I love so much in the first one was the occult aspect well, that Dan okay. brought into I'm gonna, it. I'm going to say, um, as you've been talking, what was flashing through my mind was, you know what? The first one, the only real scientist was Egon. Like the, everybody else, like Peter Peter was basically Honestly, just shits and giggles, and, and Dan Aykroyd was like the occult guy. Yeah. And it I'll, was like, I'll, I'll, I'll go even crazier than that. In the first one, the only real scientist was Venkman because uh, Egon – and oh my God, what was Dan Aykroyd's character's name? Um, but uh, but was Venkman a scientist or is he like a parapsychologist? Like I thought it was less. That's true. It was. It wasn't that's even true. like technical science. It was just more like but, him. But he's the one that doubts the supernatural all the time. Sure. Whereas yeah. Egon yeah. and um, Ray. Oh my God, Ray. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Egon and Ray are the ones that are always like, you know, well, in the, you know whatever the book of spirits or whatever that they're always reading um they they were the ones that were both into tobin's spirit guide you know there we go i was just um, about to say it i was like someone's gonna yell yeah, at us i know and uh, i didn't even have to look it up it came to me um but yeah they were the ones that had this really deep knowledge of the occult and the supernatural and vinkman was the one that was always skeptical of all that and that's why it was really important that he's the one that gets slimed and actually wow. have like the physical contact I thought with a ghost where he's like oh my god you know yeah. um, and and there is an echo of that too where you know we've seen in the in the trailers that Kristen Wiig you know like gets mega slimed and and that's really what her conversion is same kind of thing where she's she's gone the other way where she's you know was once uh, really you know a big researcher into ghosts and trying to prove it scientifically and then she's got this career as a a university professor and scientist and so she's distanced herself from that past and you know asked uh, Abby not to publish this book that they wrote about ghosts and so when she sort of accidentally goes on this you know uh, mission um, and gets slimed it's like a big deal it's like oh yeah she's the one that gets touched and has to you know kind of find her way back into that role that she was in so yeah I but I just loved it that it's like you know it's a uh a, a woman-driven movie, and they're talking about science all the time, yeah, and yeah. and proving that to people, um, wh- which was a really 
cool way to go because I kind of think that if they had gone with the Tobin Spirit Guide thing, it would have been too much of an echo yeah, of those yeah. first two, and it really would have felt like, oh, they're remaking the early ones, not rebooting them. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Well, let me um, ask you, on that same note then, at any time in the – this is a big spoilery question. At any time in the movie, do they – like? is there like some kind of ripple across dimensions and they see – the original four guys like also with proton packs on like looking <laughs> the same is there anything like that that would even suggest they're looking no. out at an alternate universe of any kind no okay but <laughs> I, I almost appreciate that more i respect that more i think a lot of people are still holding on hope that they're gonna like they're gonna honor the original and i'm like what? beyond just the cameos i thought the cameos was that you know i just think that it honors the originals in such a better way mm. by rebooting it like doing a fresh reboot because honestly when we talked about it last summer I would have been okay if this were Ghostbusters 3 yeah and they were just the new recruits even though I believe that's the subtitle of a police academy movie I was gonna say um, you're, you're basically <laughs> that, but here let me let me step in because this and I, I I can just hear all the if if you're still listening I mean there's there's a bunch of people who probably tuned out because they're like I oh, fuck this Ghostbusters movie but there's probably a lot who are still just waiting they're like just angry, thinking, well, maybe Taylor will say something. You, there, I, I just, there's so many people who just hate this movie without ever seeing it for so many reasons. But the biggest one is that I think you, exactly that. It wasn't called Ghostbusters 3. It didn't follow those tropes. And I'm like, you could have – I don't see how that wouldn't have veered into Police Academy 7. Like it just, yeah, it would, I agree. It had that sort of formula for it where it's like, you know, the, everything about it would have satisfied that group. But it wouldn't have been interesting to anybody else, like it, you especially. Yeah, and they wouldn't admit it, but it would have satisfied that group because it would have like subjugated the women below the men's story of like they created this universe and the or men just, and the women just inherited it or whatever. Or even if you want to take the sexist, sexist thing out of it, if that's not you, not you, Todd, but you, the audience who who think this way, you're still gonna hate it because it it spends too much time in the past. It spends too much time with the past movies and not enough time just setting its confident foot forward saying, this is, this is the universe now. And yeah, here are the old guys, but this is what we are now. You know, you know, there was such a weird thing when we, there's, I mean, there's definitely like a, a larger story here of how do we consider reboots and remakes and adaptations and things like that in our culture. And to me, I, 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 the more and more I think about it and just recall this, Ghostbusters w showed sort of the best of how to do all of that, mm. like this new one, you know, um, where we, you know, I mean, when you think of like, well, the new, <laughs> this is a terrible example, but the new Point Break, where it, it I, you know, I just, when the, from the first time those ads came out to when I actually was horrified to learn how much money it made in China recently, I kept thinking, why would you what in the hell compels you to remake point break and it, it had nothing to do with like some childhood attachment to it, it was just like nobody need, that thing doesn't need another there does need to be another movie yeah, to I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with you the cinematography in that, that <laughs> is Can't you see it? gorgeous i i checked it out because i the trailer was like a goddamn <laughs> adventure video i thought there would be a national geographic or red bull logo popping up at the end instead of a movie title. So I was kind of like, oh, there's a movie? Really? So I went to it only wanting – I mean, I, I didn't even need to – there could have been no story, and there really wasn't. So I could have cared less how good or bad that was acting. I just like, show me this really kick-ass outdoor footage, and I was just like – I just marveled at it. 
And so, you know, I'm guessing the pitch went something like that. Like, you guys remember yeah. break? Let's shoot the shit out of it this time. We've got all these cameras. We've got GoPros. Let's really make the – and, like, I, that's all people needed to hear. Like, who cares who's in it, you know? Well, honestly, I have no idea. We may have even talked about this on a podcast, but my – my guess is that it has something to do with the intellectual property rights. Oh, sure. And whatever yeah. studio owns that was like, look, we're going to lose this and we'll never be able to make a sequel. <laughs> There's so got to be a point. got to reshoot <laughs> a movie called Point Break. It doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with Point Break. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there. I, I don't know. There's, Are there's you saying really... that Point Break 2 is the Roger Corman's Fantastic Four? Is that what you're saying? Well, but it's not even Point Break 2, right? I mean, it's just... Uh, point break, point break harder. Or something. No, what I what I'm saying is point breakier. Oh, I got a better example. It's the Super Mario Brothers two, where they had another movie made, <laughs> and then they just decided let's call it Point Break to maintain our wait, hold whoa, whoa, on whoa. That intellectual whoa, property. Ho ho whoa! Are you telling me that Super Mario Brothers, the 1994 movie starring uh, Dennis Haskins and? Uh, uh, Bob, uh, the the dude, the evil guy from Speed. Um, are you saying that movie had a sequel that was no. made and then canned? Is that what we're talking about? Are you? I'm talking about the game uh, Super Mario Bros. Two. I, hang um, on, did I say Dennis Haskins? <laughs> Dennis, sorry, I need to correct this because if you're at home, you're like, did he say Dennis? Oh, Belding, <laughs> not Dennis. Had, Bob Hoskins and Dennis Bob Hoskins, Hopper. right, right, right. There I was like, go. that doesn't sound right. Jesus but, Christ. Uh, Mr. Belding was not in the Super Mario movie from 1994. Let's just get that straight right now. It was Dennis, right. Bob Hoskins and Dennis. Jesus. Wow. That was – I may be going senile if the fact that I combined both of those, and that was another guy entirely from the 90s. <laughs> Sorry. Let's back – let's just back away from Super Mario Brothers entirely. I think I've, I've – Right. Taken no, I was talking about the game – uh, which uh, super nerds have told me uh, was originally called Doki Doki Panic. Oh, I heard this. Yes, and then yes, yes. Nintendo was like their sequel. Like I, this is the story I believe is that the sequel to Super Mario Brothers wasn't working right, so they just took Doki Doki Panic and like stuck Mario and Luigi in it and a bunch yeah. of toads and uh, or toadstools and and stuff like that and called it Super Mario Brothers Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to be corrected on that, but that's no, no, what no. I was talking that's, about. Is that like Point Break, the movie, could have been any, you know, they could have called it Fast and Furious 20 or whatever it is, but yeah. somebody was like, we need to protect this IP. And <laughs> yeah. so they were like, yeah, let's just call it Point Break. Um, that's what that's what I'm suggesting. That well, Superman, I think they had the problem with Super, uh, The Man of Steel because that, that movie was supposed to satisfy the estates. Um, the, Ooh, the creator. Right Warner Brothers had to do something by that year, or it would have yeah, yeah. Back. I've referred to this movie to this book before. There's a book called Tales from Development Hell that has some really interesting info on Superman, Batman, and Justice League. And it and this book is like years old, but definitely worth checking out if you want to hear some of the weird like studio wrangling that that happened then. That was the buzzer, man. That was 30 minutes on Ghostbusters. Oh, fuck. Um, is there anything you'd like me to wrap up on it? Should we? Should we hit any any other topics? I, you know, I do want to ask you just a little bit of a lightning round, just because okay. I mean, we, we can talk about plot all day long. I, w I want to go see it, so you've convinced me there. Um, yeah, but quick, quick little it. lightning round, uh, fast fast questions, hopefully fast answers. Um, okay. Is Rick Moranis in it? Uh, he no, and and I'm not spoiling anything by saying that because I know there was like a maybe a 
the Hollywood Reporter article from this week where it was like it was like the headline was like Rick Moranis explains why he's not in Ghostbusters. So. Okay. <laughs> and these are questions I'm asking because I don't want these to distract me when I actually go and see it. Yeah, um, yeah. Is I already asked you think about the 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 thing. Is um is the Stave Pop Marshmallow Man who appears in the goddamn trailer all of a sudden? So it's not a spoiler that he's appearing in the movie. Is that more than five seconds, or is it just a little quick callback to that character? It's it's a callback. Uh, it's a it turns into a a pretty good gag. Okay, but cool. it's but it but not in a throwback way. Okay, so it's not an important cameo in any stretch no. of imagination. No, okay. it's it's clearly just like a a nod to. I mean, just in the same way that like the car is called the Ecto One. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, is well, I don't want to ask that either. See that <laughs> some of these questions are a little spoiler. Um, Slimer does appear in it. Yes or no? Yeah, but again, it's all. I think it's all done in like a really. The tone is kept where it's you know uh, if yeah if you saw the first movie you know who what that ghost is, but it's not sort of out of character or tone for the movie like it doesn't it's not distracting at all like it's there's a sort of a role that that ghost plays yeah and uh and they just used the you know the slimer ghost to do that and it's okay okay yeah cool uh does walter peck make a cameo god no but that would be awesome he uh isn't he dead (laughs) um no no the actor the actor is very much alive Um, no i mean but didn't didn't he die somehow no, uh, he just got slimed. I don't know. He he's got uh, the marshmallow droppings uh, landed on him at the end. At the end, he uh, got covered because he was just. They showed him randomly running around New York, and it's just he looks up and it's like, you know, just kind of. Stave yeah. marshmallow man blows up. Um, where do they store? Where is their vault? How does that? Is it the same kind of same kind of deal, or how do they store their ghosts? Uh, the vault never comes into play until uh. There's a, a hint of a vault in the credits. Okay. Oh, so, so then they never invent that. They don't get that far into creating it's, it. They, they are not um, – yeah, they're not in the business of uh, busting ghosts in the same way that the Ghostbusters were. Okay. Yeah. Um, final... uh, the circumstances are similar where they, they all find themselves needing work. Yeah. Um, but – it does not turn into like a paying gig, huh? Exactly. And yeah. they're scientists, so what you know, like I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, yeah. You know, they end up, they end up uh, getting funded, basically. You know? Oh, interesting. That's, okay, that's now, the idea. Not, yeah. I'm a little stoked. Uh, and then final question: Is there a cheesy dipshit music video credits sequence where they all dance to the theme song? Uh. N- <laughs> so that's what that was. Uh, <laughs> oh no! There, really? Uh, no, no, no. There's I can answer the fun, that because the theme song I is horrible. I can answer it's... that accurately and say no. And I'm um, just like the theme when... song really weirdly. I, so I haven't heard whatever the one was that got released. Like I know there was, you know, I saw internet oh, headlines boy. of they it's they re they re recorded it and it's terrible. Um. Uh. So yeah. Several versions play- of the theme appear in the movie, and the very first okay. one you hear is uh, what is his name, Ray Price Jr. Um, so yeah. the very first Pr- theme you Ray ever Price hear. Jr. That's the name, right? Or Ray Price is the is country it? singer. It's Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. Um, Ray Parker. <laughs> yeah. Ray Price Jr. Oh, we're just a, you know, we're a mashup. <laughs> we're a mashup ton of fun today. Um, Man, a lot. Well, 
and I imagine that Huey Lewis is uh, counting his money because he successfully Is there a Huey sued... Lewis gag? Is no, there a cameo he, to Huey Lewis? He successfully sued Ray Parker Jr. for yeah. stealing the Ghostbusters theme from I Want a New Drug. Yeah. Oh, um, classic, and that theme comes up in so many times that I assume like Huey Lewis is you know, getting paid by <laughs> several I, different record labels. You know what would have been so fun? <laughs> you, know, well, you know what would have cemented this movie into legendary status? It could have been the shittiest movie of all time, and if they had included some way to get Huey Lewis as a high school principal... <laughs> In a oh cameo, like or even like you know they let's say it could just be something as simple as they got to go the, like the first reporting of a ghost is in the school library, so they have to like walk through the administration building and they walk past or maybe he's just the library, but they walk past a desk and he's wearing like you know kind of a, a tweed jacket and glasses and disheveled hair and like they're like where do we go? And he just points he's like that way and then he holds up like a megaphone like he's about to speak, but it just cuts before he gets he gets to say anything, you know I like. Some re- it just that would have been oh god. I know where this happens. I, I mean, I know that I've seen what you're talking about, but what freaking movie is he the high school principal in? Back to the Future. Oh, that's actually in Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, he's the one who stands up. I'm assuming he's the principal. I mean, he looks. He's sitting in the center of the teachers who judge the the band tryouts. Oh he's right, like, right. When they I'm sorry, you guys are just too loud. Of, and yeah, yeah he's the yeah. one that's like it's too loud. Yeah. Um, that's right. Okay. Yeah, which uh, by the way, okay, this is the biggest tangent of all time. How f- I we we let's we need to have a, a podcast where we litigate famous movie moments. And one of the things that would that would I would bring up <laughs> is the fact that Huey Lewis in the in the storyline of the movie, Marty McFly is a Huey Lewis in the news fan. This is proven by the fact that the, the sports album cover is a poster on his goddamn bedroom wall. Yeah. So then he writes the song and his band auditions the song "The Power of Love" in the talent show thing. Does how does Huey Lewis in the real world, which records that song, get a hold of this? Does he? Are we supposed to believe that Marty yeah. submits that to Huey Lewis in the real world, and that's how he becomes a famous rock musician in the future? Like what? Uh, this what is such is, a good question because it reminds me of the time that I heard someone suggest that uh, in Tom Hanks movies, Tom Hanks movies don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. In the America in which any Tom Hanks character lives, oh there is no Tom Hanks. He's, he's like, like the, the most man. successful actor in America, <laughs> like ever. And he's <laughs> it's like, you know, um, Tom Hanks. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose this, and I I if 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 somebody doesn't do this, oh, I man, will. We're, we're but off I'm, laid, I'm gonna now. lay down a ta- well, I'm gonna lay down a challenge right here. The first person to to create a Doctor Who spin-off like kind of like compilation trailer thing where Tom Hanks is the doctor gets a thousand goddamn dollars because every character like you can put him in a suit and he's in the 60s he's in the 70s he's in the 80s like <laughs> you know and it's like he's in the I mean he's now like it Tom Hanks he's across history in so many ways you could even take Forrest Gump off the table and say you don't get to use yeah, Forrest yeah. Gump. You could still do this. It would I be know. So He's literally – he was literally in two of the previews before Ghostbusters. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like two huge like blockbuster movies that felt the need to advertise before Ghostbusters both star Tom Hanks. <laughs> Wait, which two? Uh, Sully, um, the, the true story of the – airline that went down in, in oh um, oh is he playing sullenberg yeah he, he's sully sullenberger and uh 
the of course the he third is. <laughs> sequel to the Da Vinci Code thing, whatever it is. Oh, they oh uh, Inferno. Did they actually? I didn't. You know, I didn't think they were serious about making that. I just kept seeing like it's coming. It is made. <laughs> wow. I actually didn't mind that book. I thought that book I, that book I liked better than the original Da Vinci Code. Angels and Demons, the book though, is still by far the best. And it, you, uh, I, I, yeah. Well, not that we need to clear this up on air, but you. You love the book Angels and Demons, hated the movie, right? I am one of those people who hardly ever – you know, I always naysay the people are like, the book was better. I'm like, give the movie a goddamn chance. And a lot of times – I'm sorry, but the movie was better. Okay. A lot of times. Oh, wait, wait. Half but, the time. But what are you saying about Angels and Demons? Which what I'm saying the- about Angels and Demons, I am the opposite. The book was far better, and it was to, right. to the point where the book was the movie. You could have easily translated that book to a screenplay without right. losing hardly anything. It – Took, the pacing was movie-like. That's why I, I loved knew, it so much. I knew we'd had that conversation in some way. It's so, like the movie was. It's like the movie was the boring book version of what the book was. I'm like, no. I'm, no. So continue. <laughs> well, is there anything else you want to ask me about Ghostbusters before you go see it? <laughs> yeah, that came out too. I no, honestly, I'm, I'll tell you this too, and this is like such an embarrassing thing to admit. I jumped at least twice in the movie. Whoa! Whoa! And uh, I, now, Don't granted, a lot of that was because the audio was so effing loud yeah but uh, um so you know now when they do scary moments in movies it's like this audio thing happens like this audio cue or sound effect happens where you're like you're physically jumping because but it did definitely have something to do with 3d so okay if you can go see it in a big ass 3d theater yeah you know as close as you can tolerate i'd say do it okay it was fun it was definitely fun I, i i yeah i'm i'm super excited by it and and i will see it again there you so, go, folks. Anyone wants to go see it with me in Southern California? Let's do it. Pretty, pretty great review. Well, on that note, um, yeah, I think- I've been Todd A. You can find me on Twitter at Hey Todd A. And, and I am are. I am at Taylor Trask on Twitter. T A Y L O R T R A S K. And we are this is ToddandTaylor.com. That's right. And this has been another wonderful episode. That we'll we'll title this Ghostbusters and other random nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> Ghostbusters and Tom Hanks. Yeah, <laughs> that's we should throw that at the beginning of it. Like, how do Ghostbusters and Tom Hanks relate? Find out. Like, <laughs> just like let people listen all the way to the end, where it's like, and by the way, Tom Hanks is in every movie. The end. You're like, what? You're what never gonna believe his cameo in the new Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. That's what we do. All right, guys. 